Welcome to the Teach the Geek podcast, where engineer and author Neil Thompson talks with STEM professionals about public speaking, a struggle for many of us. Whether you're a novice public speaker or a proficient one, you can always pick up tips on how to improve. Here's your host, Neil Thompson. Welcome to another edition of Teach the Geek interviews. My name is Neil Thompson. I'm the founder of Teach the Geek. I work with technical professionals so they can present more effectively, especially in front of non-technical audiences. And you can learn more about it at teachthegeek.com. Again, that is teachthegeek.com. Today, my guest is Mike Cinelli, and he is program manager at NASA, probably one of many. <laughs> I first learned of Mike at, a, at the 2022 Influence Conference, which is hosted by the National Speakers Association. I went up to him afterwards and asked him whether he'd be a guest to my podcast, and he graciously accepted. So now I'm here with him, and we're going to be speaking about, well, how, how he got on that influence stage, his work at NASA, and of course, his thoughts on public speaking. Welcome to Teach the Geek Interviews, Mike. Neil, thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciate that. And thank you for coming up to the stage uh, and talking to me afterwards after the event. So it's a pleasure to meet you and meet your audience today. Absolutely. So for the bit of research I did on you, Mike, I saw that you got a degree in space science. Where did the, I guess, the interest in space science come from? Yeah, well, that started a long time ago. Um, you know, I don't really know the answer fully to that. All I know is every around my family and friends, uh, they told me ever since they could remember me speaking, I talked about space, launching rockets. I was going to launch rockets one day, and and that's all I had talked about um, since I was able to say too much uh, <laughs> back in the day. So, and now I remember really growing up, Neil is just having this passion. Uh, just a passion inside um, for anything related to space and specifically launching rockets and, and flying uh, people into space. So that's really been a, something that started from the earliest days for me. And, and everything I kind of did from that moment on was, was kind of vectored and focused on getting to that goal. Nice. You know, you eventually uh, you get this degree in space science. So now what do you do with it? Yeah, well, it turned out to be a little harder uh, what to do with it than I thought, right? So um, it, just a very short version of that is, um, again, you know, vectoring and, and taking all the classes and doing everything I could towards college and then college, uh, joining organizations to, uh, to get professional experience through academic and um, professional organizations and the leadership in those. Graduated with a degree in space science, and I was primed and ready to join the workforce at the Kennedy Space Center uh, and to realize that goal. And um, as, as life gets in the way sometimes, right, uh, there turned out to be a five and a half year hiring freeze just after me graduating college. So it's five and a half years. Um, didn't know how long it was going to be during that time, right? But it turned out to be five and a half years um, trying to figure a way to, to make that degree match um, with my goals and my life dream. Wow. So what did you do in those five and a half years? Yeah, well, I, uh, I was pretty stubborn, I have to say. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to give up. And uh, so I did everything. You know, you know, in the beginning, you think it's going to be a few weeks or a few months, right? Like anything in life, you think, oh, this will be a short-term thing. I'll just kind of give it a little time. And then as the kind of the weeks went into months, and then eventually the months went into years, um, you know, I found myself doing all kinds of jobs. You know, I, I took jobs that I tried to line up with science. So I worked in science museums. I did private tutoring. I worked as a uh, as a high school teacher, a middle school teacher, substitute teacher. Um, did anything related I could, and then a supplement income. I painted houses. I painted roofs. Um, I did janitorial. Um, I sold things in malls and stores. Did whatever I took um, because I knew 
I was going to get to my goal. I wasn't quite sure when it was going to happen. Um, but I figured, you know, just keep providing for yourself, keep working at it. And then, of course, during that time, I'm also maintaining all the contacts that I built up during my college career and kept, you know, making myself known that, hey, I'm still knocking on the door. I still want to come on in. And um, whenever that door is able to open, uh, please consider me. So that was happening behind the scenes. You know, Mike, your story reminds me of when I dropped out of, of grad school. So I was there for about a year and then I realized I don't want to be here. <laughs> so I, I, I dropped out and I figured, well, I have an engineering degree. It shouldn't be too long before I get a job. It took me about, well, it didn't take me five and a half years. It took me seven months, but that seven oh. months felt like an eternity because when I dropped yeah. out, I ended up moving back in with my father into the spare room in his condo. And he wasn't too happy that I dropped out in the first place. So that seven months felt like five and a half years. <laughs> I bet it did. I bet it did. Yeah. I mean, it, the days, I, I remember like it was yesterday, like the days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months. I'm thinking, oh man, I, I still don't have a job. But unlike you, I, I didn't, I didn't do all these other things. like get, get other jobs. I, I guess kept, I was persistent too. I may be stubborn like you. I just kept applying to various places and eventually seven months in finally, finally hit pay dirt and got a job and was able to move out of my father's condo. <laughs> well, and congratulations to you on that, Neil. And it just shows you, and, and you know, I love talking to younger people and I get the opportunity to go out and talk to schools or, or, or um, other groups. And, you know, people say, well, you know, try to get advice from an older person. Right. And, I think one of the simplest things that I found, and you probably could probably back me up with your story, I think beautifully does it as well as, you know, perseverance, just keep sticking with it. You know, don't, don't give up. You've got a goal or a dream and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be, you know, entering the space program. It could be accomplishing a project or doing volunteer work. It doesn't really matter what it is. Just, just don't stop. Don't give up. Don't ever say it can't be done. Keep fighting, working hard, work harder. You know, if you're not working hard enough, work harder and harder, or think of other ways to work smarter and harder. Um, but you know, the most folks that I know, um, it could be on our scale or even bigger. I, I know a lot of astronauts that, you know, definitely didn't get picked on the first run or second or third. Um, and, but they just, you know, giving up was not an option for them. And eventually you fight hard enough, long enough, you're likely to be successful. Yeah. And I, I, so kudos to us for not giving up. But then again, with me, it was a little different. I had to get a job. I was, I was tired of living in my father's house. He's looking at me all angry all the damn time. Time to <laughs> like, go. Time to go. Get your ass out of here. You weren't supposed to be here. You should have been grad school right now. <laughs> so, you know, Mike, I mean, I mentioned in the intro that you're a program manager. What, is, what does being a program manager entail? Well, you know, there's all kinds of programs and, and things people do. I think in general, um, on the highest level, which I can think of is, you know, you, you have, you got to create the vision for what you're going to do, right? So you have, you have the vision. So in my case, I had the, uh, the ability and the honor to actually create this program from ground zero. It was just inside my head. So sometimes you're creating something. Sometimes you're stepping into that role that's, uh, of something that's already been established. So I, either case, um, you either need to bring the vision with you or you need to create the vision when you're in that position of, of what this organization or project or program is going to look like. Um, I think you have to have the vision of how you're going to execute it and where you want to go and what your goals are to achieve it. So I think that's really critical um, to have that, you know, um, and keep working and fine tuning that. And then you have to actually execute it and work with people. Um, it could be a, a, you know, a thing where you direct people or collaborate with folks. Um, 
but you have to be able to work and find a way to execute the mission of that program and then really keep adjusting because, um, you, you know, as everything in life changes, right? That's the only constant life has changed and things will constantly change. Opportunities will rise. Some opportunities won't look as, as shiny as they might once were and you have to find new ones. So being constantly, I think, looking at opportunities to, to meet new goals, to, to accomplish the ones you've already set for. And it may take you on all kinds of twists and turns um, along the path, often does. Um, but I think, you know, having the vision, having the ability to execute it, and then it's a lot of hard work, um, you know, being very humble as you go through the process and you might make some missteps and, and you know, um, find some dead ends that you, you encounter or caused or created, right? Um, but it's, again, having that perseverance, like we just mentioned, of, of recognizing, seeing those and say, okay, well, this path might not work, but you know, I'm going to back up. I'm going to turn this direction and we're going to find one that's even better than that. So it's a lot of moving and, and strategy thinking as well. So it sounds like, well, at least based on what you said, mm -hmm. that the, what you're doing now is something that you kind of created. Is that something yeah. that I guess you always had the idea to do, or is it just you saw an opportunity and, and thought this is something that we should do? Yeah, you know, it actually kind of organically developed. So, you know, again, a short version of it before, but, you know, prior, most of my career, I was a launch guy, right? So I was, um, had the honor to be on the launch team for the space shuttle, um, had to be um, in part of the, the leadership part of that. So very lucky. And I was one of those guys that launched rockets, right? Uh, and then when the space shuttle program ended, um, you know, it's like, well, what do we do next? And during that time while we were launching, I had been involved with working with the legacies of um, Space Shuttle Columbia uh, into a little bit Challenger as well, and uh, on a small extent. And, and through those experiences, and then through leading a project called Forever Remembered, which was the nation's memorial to the fallen crews of Space Shuttle Challenger in Columbia, um, it, it kind of came to me, um, you know, that we're not really effectively sharing these lessons and these stories from these accidents, you know, we're memorializing, which was the, the uh, purpose of the project, those events and those crews uh, in, the, uh, in the missions, but perhaps we weren't effectively as best we could share the true legacy and lessons of those and apply those to the future. So it wasn't a, a grand idea that just came to me in a dream, if you will, but it was just over time talking to people. Um, and then if you, I found if, you know, the more you listen, really intently listen to folks, you kind of hear what's needed. You kind of hear what they're interested in. And, and folks kept asking a lot of questions about the accidents and the background. And so over time, I think it just kind of got onto me saying, hey, there's really something here we need to do. Um, and then, you know, uh, pitch the idea to our senior most leadership of, hey, I want to create a new a program to go and go do this. You know, Mike, I mentioned in the intro mm -hmm. that I learned about you from looking, being in the audience when you were a, a general session speaker at Influence. How did you end up on that Influence stage? Yeah, you know, again, you know, life is full of interesting twists and turns and interesting experiences. Um, and one of the, I've had the honor to tour thousands of folks um, and then some through the Columbia Preservation Room where Columbia rests today. Uh, and one of those folks was a professional speaker um, involved um, with the National Speaker Association. And um, they, you know, I gave my, I gave my shtick, right? Um, and talked about this, not knowing who they were. And after the event, they came up to me and said, you know, hey, this is, um, this is pretty powerful content. We think this could help a lot of people, um, which I appreciated and was humbled by. And then 
um, a number of, um, of months uh, later, and I actually think it was actually a couple of years because COVID got in the way, um, but those folks reached back out and said, you know, we, we're familiar with what your program is. Uh, we've had someone there that's, you know, met you and talked to you. And we think this might be a message that might resonate well and, and be very uh, impactful and, and helpful to the folks in our, in our event. So they reached out and, and kindly invited me to come to Nashville. Wow. It just, it just goes to show how you, you never know what, what's going to turn out. You know, you just, you were just speaking about what you, you did to this person, didn't know who they were. And then, as you mentioned, a couple of years later, you're on a stage. It's just, it's just, it's so, it's so interesting how life works out sometimes. It's amazing. And that's one of the coolest, exciting things. I mean, it's scariest too, right? Neil, because like, I'm sure you could say with your career, you know, you, you're nice. We all wish we had the cookbook, right? From here, I'm going to do this. And then like, when we're young children, right? Well, I'm, when I'm 20, I'm going to do this. When I'm 30, I'm going to do this. When I'm 40, I'm going to be a multimillionaire and I'll live on a beach or whatever your dream is, right? So you all, we all have that as children. And then life just does what it does. And I think that's one of the exciting things. You never know who you're going to meet next. Um, you never know opportunities you're going to have. Um, I, you know, I'm joining you on this podcast today, which is wonderful. I never had, didn't know you before, but what a wonderful opportunity to meet folks like yourself and your audience. And so you never know where those twists and turns happen. Um, and I think the key lesson for that for me was, you know, be ready for those moments because you never know when you're going to have one of these opportunities in life. Um, and then you're going to have an opportunity to meet other folks and it might take you in a completely different direction. Yeah. I mean, when I first started this whole podcast and YouTube channel, it really was about public speaking. It still is to an extent, mm -hmm. but it's also been really interesting to learn people's stories just outside of public speaking, just in their career journeys in general. Because you have people that start off someplace and end up somewhere completely different. I, I highly doubt that when you started off at NASA or even before then, when you were working as a tutor or as a teacher and working in science museums, that yeah. you'd end up on a stage somewhere, you know, years later, speaking in front of professional speakers. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I tell you, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, two parts that went in my shuttle career. I, I had more than one experience where I would I would be in an environment, um, maybe next to the vehicle or you know, in a, a position of um, helping with the launch countdown and going, how did this kid from New York get here? You know, how did, how did little old me dreaming of this end up sitting in his chair and saying, go, I, you know, you just kind of, it really humbles you and, and you find yourself in that situation. And, and much like the speaking was very same. I mean, I was, again, for, for most of my career, um, you know, a person that, that helped process and launch, get ready, the rockets ready for launch. And then being on the launch team and the landing teams um, and contingency teams. So that was my focus. And then you, a number of years later, um, I'm on a stage with over a thousand people in the audience. And, you know, if you had told me that before, you know, in, in a number of years, you're going to be on a stage in front of, you know, 12, 1400 people. I probably would one not believed you. My, knee, my knees would have probably start knocking and saying, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to go in front of that many people. Um, it just goes to show you. I mean, it, it's just amazing. And maybe like yourself with a podcast, right? I'm going to do a podcast one day. That's the cool part about life. You never know what's around the corner. And, and that just makes that mystery and discovery of that even more exciting, I think. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I, I mentioned you were a speaker at Influence. I mentioned you were speaking in front of professional speakers. You spoke with other, well, you were one of the many general session speakers, many of whom were also professional speakers. Is Speaking in front of people, something you've always been good at, and if not, what did you do to get better at it? Yeah, um, 
actually no. <laughs> um, you know, it's something I had never really done. I, you know, I had done launch team briefings or, um, you know, pre-launch giving your input to pre-launch sessions and, you know, audiences, small audiences of your peers, right? I had done events like that mostly, um, but, but no real experience, if you will, um, on a stage proper and also nothing like a stage like that or other stages I've been on that are that big or bigger. Um, so didn't have that, never really thought about it. Um, that wasn't a long lifelong dream that I'm going to be a professional speaker in any capacity. It's just life kind of gravitated towards this. And is this message of lessons learned? My, you know, my heart, what was in my heart and my mind when this was created, Neil, was really to share these because I, I so in passion, I believe these can help people. And I believe there's such value and, and importance to do that. And, and that's just what I wanted to do. And the fact that it led me in the direction to allow me the honor to, to stand up in front of people to do that um, was something that I didn't have a preset desire or thought of doing. And again, if you know, it said, Hey, you're going to get in front of all these people. Um, you know, it wasn't like a natural, you know, heart rate of, you know, 70 beats per minute. I'll get up there and talk. It'd be more like, you know, Oh my God, I got to get in front of how many people. And then all of a sudden the knees start playing the bongo drums together. Right. And, um, so that was more of my initial starts in, you know, how I approached the speaking world unexpectedly. Yeah. And as I mentioned, you're not just speaking in front of this, any old audience. These are people who get paid to give presentations. So there might have even been some <laughs> added pressure to make sure that you were on the <laughs> level of the other people who were giving presentations. And I remember when I was looking at the agenda for influence before I went and I saw your name, I, 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 I actually looked up a, a bit of research on all the various people who were giving presentations just to see what their backgrounds were. And when I saw yours was the technical background, you were the only person with that background. I just thought to myself, man, I hope he doesn't wet the bed when he gets up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, weren't, you weren't the only person. <laughs> you know, you are not the only person, my friend, because, um, well, you know, you know, in, in the, the months leading up to it is I'm kind of thinking of what I'm going to say, right? Or what I'm going to do, what could be the most value to these folks that are going to be in the audience. You're not sure, right? So you're, you want to make sure you, you, I always think of if people are kind enough to spend time listening to me, it could be for five minutes, it could be for an hour, it doesn't make a difference or longer, right? I want to make sure that they feel a value of that. They came there and they're like, they walked away feeling better, more enriched, or the time was very well spent. That's my job to want to, I have to deliver that, I feel. Um, so you have that kind of nervousness going and saying, geez, I hope this happens. Um, you try your best. And then, you know, interestingly, right? The old adage of, well, is it best to go first or best to go last, right? That whole thing of what's the best way to go? Well, as, as the schedule happens, right, conference started on Saturday, went Sunday, and then finished up on Monday. Well, I, I started off the session on Monday, but I had Saturday and Sunday. So I went to the conference for the two days, never been to one of these before, never been to a professional speakers conference. And I'm sitting towards the back of the room um, watching this unfold for a couple of days. And you're exactly right. I mean, you think about the bar set here. Well, heck, you know what? The bar kept increasing with every speaker saying, holy mackerel, these people are really, really good. They do this. They know how to do this. They're, they're just fantastic. And so, yeah, when I when that Monday morning rolled around, um, you know, there was, there was butterflies. I, I wouldn't say anything but that. There were butterflies and anxiety of the moment. Um, I, I think that's two things. One, um, I think if you ever get on stage and speak in front of people, I think you should have some level of that. 
I think perhaps the day that you have no feeling of um, any little bit of nervousness or any little bit of um, electricity feeling running through you, um, I don't know if that's a good sign or not. I think it's you always should have some level um, of that because I, I think you have to realize what you're about to go do. You're about to get in front of a lot of people um, of any size group, and you're about to share things, and you're about to hopefully influence and impact people in a positive way. So I, I think that's a, a level of respect for what you're about to go do. So um, I don't think that ever goes away. It shouldn't. I don't think it fully ever go away. It should be managed, right? So you can actually do that. Um, but yeah, it's um, those two days. You're exactly right, Neil. I the more I watched, the more I was impressed, and the more I was humbled, and the more I was like, the bar keeps getting higher. It's gonna be harder to jump over that high bar. Yeah, and then um, when when you were done, it it really reminded me that. This is a guy who works at NASA. This isn't even his full-time thing. All these other people who were speaking, this is what they do for a living. This They get paid thousands of dollars to give presentations. And this guy from NASA held his own with these guys. I was like, wow, that's that's really impressive. So again, kudos to you for, for doing that. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. I, you know, I, you know, once when it's over, it's like, wow, it just, it happened, right? You, you got you got completed. You didn't fall off the stage, which was my number one goal. Right? So that was good. <laughs> and, and I was so happy for that. And then one of the, and, and you probably get this as well too, when you, when you speak or you um, talk with folks on your shows, when, when you talk to the folks afterwards, that's that I really enjoy that part. And folks like yourself, Neil, um, take the time and the graciousness to come up afterwards and spend some of their time, maybe not head for the lunch line or head for another, but they take the time out to come over to you. And, and express some thoughts. And maybe it's some points of wisdom of how you could do better. Sometimes it's the, how much they liked it or whatever it is that make a difference or to share a story or shake your hand makes no difference. The fact that they did that. Uh, and like I said, folks like you, cause you were certainly one of them. Um, that was wonderful because then it, it, it felt enriching. I, you know, I gave something and hopefully it was of value to someone and hopefully to help them in some capacity. Um, you know, what greater things in life can you do than try to, to give something to other people on some level? Uh, and you do that with your podcast, with information, other folks do it, other mediums. Um, so that, that to me was as exciting as the speech was, I think it was equally exciting um, in some ways even more to meet the folks afterwards. And heck, I went to four o'clock that afternoon. I, I spoke at nine o'clock in the morning, I think it was. And I went to, um, it was just about four o'clock before I left the hotel, nonstop speaking to folks at the conference. And, and that was unexpected. And that was very uh, appreciative on my part. Yeah, I will. I will say this, Mike, before I spoke to you, I had snacks. So I come <laughs> up to you. Good. Stomach. <laughs> very smart. Planning, planning ahead. As a NASA guy, I appreciate that. You're planning ahead. Now. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to offer one tip to anyone listening or watching this conversation on what they could do to become more effective giving presentations. What would it be? Yeah. Um, don't stop doing it. You know, that, that's one of the biggest things because, you know, that advice was given to me uh, by someone else I respect a lot that, that I think is a very powerful, effective, and dynamic speaker. You got to keep getting in that saddle and doing it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, that's probably the biggest advice, that perseverance thing, because if it's something you want to go do or explore, if it's something you might be interested in, you know, likely it's not going to be the, you know, emancipation proclamation <laughs> on your first take, right? It's not going to be this beautiful, uh, flowery, perfect speech. You're going to just get through it, um, hopefully in some fashion. And, 
and it's time in the saddle. And, and so I say perseverance, you know, keep sticking with it, think it through, watch other people, see the good things that you want to emulate. Perhaps don't do the things you don't get advice from other folks, you know, find out what you might be doing that might work or may not work. Maybe you've got some movements or you've got some speech. Um, so, so follow, you know, keep doing it, keep learning about it, keep talking to people, keep doing that. And if I could sneak one more in, Neil, on that question uh, for a second one, it, it's be authentic, be you. Um, I guess the old adage is nobody else can be better you than you. Well, that, that's unbelievably true. And if it's your story and your personality and who you are coming through, you really can't go wrong. I mean, the, the techniques, yeah, you can change those up right and shine them up or whatever you do and and you can work on delivery and cadence and, and speech patterns that that's all good stuff but i truly believe in my heart uh, it goes with anything in life but per, especially in professional speaking if you're authentic and speak to what you know and what you feel and you're being honest with the audience it's hard to go wrong it, it doesn't have to be a story about space flight or or, or loss or something very dramatic it can be a simple story, but if you can tell it from the heart with passion and honesty and integrity, people are going to listen. And in the outside, if you came up with a story that may be not truthful, it's not your story, not authentic, and it's a grand story, the audience is going to kind of see through that too. So, so again, I, I would say, I would humbly suggest, you know, vector to what you know, to vector what excites you. People can pick up your excitement when you're talking. You know, if I gave a talk about um, putting a roof on or something, right, a house, well, I could probably get through the basics of it, but I wouldn't be able to talk with a passion of a roofer that loves what they do. So again, I would humbly suggest, you know, um, work with what you know, work with authenticity, work with that passion that comes with you, and then just don't give up because you know what, you're probably going to have those butterflies, you're probably going to have those moments of, I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm not comfortable. Those are normal. Um, and just do it again and do it again. And eventually you're going to start hitting a pace and a feeling where you're going to want to jump up on top of that stage. Yeah. I mean, you could listen to all the podcasts, watch other people give presentations, read all the books, but if you don't get up there and actually do it yourself, you certainly won't get better. And I actually, I really like your advice about being authentic too, because ultimately carbon copies aren't as good as the original anyway. So you can be someone who's trying to emulate someone else, but you will never be them. Just try to be your, your best you. Exactly. You know, and, and um, you know, cause, it, and it's an easy trap to fall into, right? We all can do that. Cause you, you look at somebody that you're like emulate Wow, they're a great speaker um, or they're, well, it works for them. It doesn't mean you can't take bits and clues out of that. Maybe incorporate some styles and, and try to learn from that. Sure, certainly, that's that's a tremendously good thing to go do in life. But you can't be Abraham Lincoln. You can't be, you know, great or you, you got to be you. And Abraham Lincoln can't be you, right? I mean, you're going to be the best you. And, and Neil, your podcast, the way you do this, and your audience appreciates that. You're not going to be another podcaster, and or you should, or should they be you? Um, so it's that. Yeah, learn what you can, but make sure you don't lose your conviction because once you get on that path too far then you lose sense of who you are and the audience will pick up on that authenticity uh, part of it um, and the relatability part of it that comes through naturally. Uh, and if you lose that, I think then you have to get back on track. Absolutely. This has been a great conversation, Mike. Thanks again for being a guest. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you, Neil. Um, 
Well, you know, for uh, for business purposes, they can reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a LinkedIn account. They can certainly search my name and find me. Um, I'd be certainly happy to talk about collaborative opportunities um, with this program, the Apollo Challenger Columbia Lessons Learned Program. We collaborate with companies and organizations around the country and the world. So there's lots of opportunities to interface if they're interested in that. If they're interested in the professional speaking um, part of that and coming to speak to them and talk, they can certainly reach through there as well. Um, if you can't find me through there or you just want to reach out, NASA Public Affairs can also direct folks into my uh, office as well. So there's a multitude of ways to reach me. And um, I pre certainly appreciate the time to speak with you. Thank you again. Um, I really mean that. Thank you for coming up afterwards and giving your thoughts after the presentation. That was very kind of you. And then to invite me to join your audience. Uh, today. So um, thank you for that. And uh, I appreciate everybody sitting there and listening to both of us chat. Absolutely. Well, everyone, that marks the end of another edition of Teach the Geek interviews. My name is Neil Thompson, founder of Teach the Geek. You can learn more about it at teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, sir. Well, everyone, that marks another episode in the can. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like these episodes and want to support Teach the Geek, please subscribe, share, and like on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Or on all of them. Also, if you prefer to watch the episodes, head on over to the YouTube channel at youtube.teachthegeek.com. Until next time.